Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Joining us is, uh, right now is Rob Smith, who edited, wrote, created this beautiful book that I'm looking at, one of the you know great, in the series of National Geographic great books, and they, they don't know how to do a book that isn't a great book. This one is called 100 Bike Rides of a Lifetime, the World's Ultimate Cycling Experiences. Rob Smith, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show today. Hi. Thanks for making this beautiful book. So, Thank you. I want to get right into it because I, I always have a great time with these books. And I am not, uh, I know how to ride a bicycle. And, you know, in my lifetime of bucket list things, I would love to take a bike ride, but it needs to be flat. It needs to be easy. Um, and it needs to be without cars. So, and also, I, I frankly don't think I'll, um, I don't think that I'll, you know, I'm not a person who's going to take gear across the world. I'm going to rent the gear when I get there. You know what I mean? So, yep. yeah, uh, I can give I, you a couple of good suggestions. Sure, go ahead. Well, if you want to be in the States and you want a nice long ride without cars, fairly flat, you could take the Chesapeake and Ohio out of uh, Washington, D.C., follows the old canal path up into Maryland, where you join on to the Great Allegheny Gap uh, Rails to Trails route. And you can keep right on going all the way to Pittsburgh, right in the heart I of the city. I saw that. I thought it was a way. What is a towpath? You use the word towpath. What's a towpath? Ah, well, uh, <laughs> see, over here in Britain, I, I live on a narrow boat on the canals. So uh, I'm very familiar with those. They are what the horses or donkeys or whatever used to pull, walk along to pull the old canal boats back oh. in the day before canal boats had um, engines. And those paths make very nice cycling routes uh, in the 21st century. It's very lovely. So it's a tope, so T-O-W, so now it makes sense to me. So in other words, something that they were towing. uh, The boat, yeah. Got it, got it. And how did you discover this this particular bicycle path? Is it easy for people to discover? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, the, the, those one, the two that I just recommended, um, they're, they're quite well known. They're um, among uh, the cycle touring uh, uh, group uh, community. They're uh, 
the, you know, they were two of the paths that just wrote themselves into the book. You couldn't do 100 great rides without including those. Did you ever you ride part to... of this yourself? Uh, yes. I mean, part of it, I mean, because, uh, yeah, part of it by D.C., yes. Um, because National Geographic is in D.C. And I, I visited there, of course, um, obviously in the course of my work. It says um, you can ride I mean, 333 miles on woodsy cycle paths with no yep. traffic and nary a hill to break your stride. You hop yep, on the bike okay, in I, Georgetown and follow the Potomac upstream. How fun is that? Where would you know, like, where to start? Like, are there signs? Well, there, is there, there a website? Yeah. Yeah, there, there's signs. There's websites. There's there's uh, maps that are available. Um, it's it's you know, not, not hard. And you know, America has a lot of rails-to-trails paths, you know, old railway beds that have been converted to um, – uh, cycle paths, or uh, so they can be used for walking or, or horse riding or whatever, but very often they use the cycle paths. And these tend to be flat, traffic-free, um, nice, nice surfaces as a rule, and um, available. There's a lot of them in America. Uh, so you know, there's no shortage of paths that are going to be flat, traffic-free, and, um, and pleasurable. These often go through some really beautiful um, countryside and i say they're, they're, they're all over america i have one in the book that uh, crosses missouri uh and you know follows pretty much the line of the old um, lewis and clark expedition uh, and there's others that you know, go through uh rural idaho through the uh, through the mountains uh following the old uh, railways that uh, were carrying gold and silver out of the mines uh, this you know lovely historic railways that again have been turned into beautiful bike paths. America's got no shortage of them. As a matter of fact, it was rather hard to cut down the list to a hundred. In fact, you say one is called the Trans America Trail. We're on the we're on the air right now with Roth Smith of National Geographic, and you say a classic, perhaps the classic all American coast to coast bicycle route. I didn't realize you could go from Astoria, Oregon, to Yorktown, Virginia, USA, and it's a bike route? You're not surrounded by cars? Well, no, you will be. No, those are, are that particular route is you will be on, on trafficked roads, but they follow very lightly trafficked roads. You're not going to be on, you know, uh, busy highways. and uh, they're, they're back roads. So they, and, and some of that will be also be on rails-to-trails paths as well. But so that, that's more of a mix. I mean, that's a really long, long-haul uh, route. So you, there, aren't, there aren't any rail trails paths that long. But it's a good mix of things. And, and again, you're, you're not going to be battling a lot of traffic for sure. Do you personally, do you bicycle ride very often? Is it one of your passions yeah. in life? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. I've, I've ridden all over the world, a lot of long expeditions, um, my longest was a 10,000-mile solo trek around Australia uh, <coughs> some years ago. Oh, but, my goodness. Uh, yeah. Solo so, trek. I, so ridden, what, how many different, you know, new tires did you have in your in – your, how, did you, how do you travel solo? Yeah, go ahead. Well, very – well, cautiously. This was in the 90s, so there was no – there was no mobile phones. There was no GPS. There was nothing like that. You know, when I was out in the bush, I was – really out in the bush. No one knew where I was and you have to, you know, had to look out for yourself. I didn't go through that many tires. I had good tires and took care of them. Um, the water was the biggest issue. I was sometimes carrying 23 liters of water because 
parts of that route, there was 400 miles between towns. And if you're pedaling through the basically a desert uh, for 400 miles in temperatures of 110, 120 degrees, um, you need a lot of water. And so you had to conserve it and, and be quite be quite canny and careful with how you used your water and you know, how you how you sort of bought your distance by uh, you know pedaling a little early in the morning, and then sitting out the heat of the day, and then going riding into the evening. It was Rolf, quite an where do you think? Wait, wait, Rolf. I just want to talk about that for a minute. Where do you think your impulse to do that kind of a journey by yourself comes from? What's that about? Well, you know, I think from the moment I had my very first bicycle when I was about seven, um, I just seized upon it as an idea, as a a vehicle to explore the world. That's what I'd always wanted to do. I always wanted to travel and see things and have adventures. And so, you know, when I was quite little, I was, you know, out pedaling my bike and imagining myself going, you know, distant places. When I was about 14, we had a uh, the National Geographic uh, May 1973 issue lobbed on our doorstep, and in it was a story about four cyclists that were cycling the Alaskan Highway, and that absolutely fired my imagination, and I resolved that someday I was going to do the same thing. Actually, I've never ridden the Alaskan Highway, but I did ride, have ridden all over the world on every continent, and um, it contributing to National Geographic, so it was that, that that one particular issue had a had a big influence on my life. Where did you grow up? Well, I well, I'm sort of a, an odd lot. I grew up in New Hampshire, um, but I emigrated to Australia many many years ago, oh. and um, spent most of my life there until I came to Britain a few years ago, and uh, and that's now where I you live are on now. A narrow boat in the canals. Wow. Wow, but New Hampshire's a beautiful place, but very mountainous. If you're, you're going to be in good shape if you bicycle ride around New Hampshire. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Yeah, that was my my early bicycle ride. So yeah. yes, I was formed with uh, yeah going going uphill. Although there's uh, yeah I, there's some very steep hills here in Britain. I mean, very steep ones. <laughs> and the hills don't don't daunt you. They don't discourage you. You just get a bicycle with a lot of gears, and you just is that how you do it? Yeah. You just do the low gears, and you just put one you know foot after the other, that kind of thing. Exactly. You just some of the uh, the gradients I, I've ridden up. Yeah, I mean, because I'm on a touring bike, so I'm carrying my own gear. Uh, it's not like a you know a racing bike where you're you know, just going up there and it's a support crew or anything. I'm t- just on my own with my own gear. You just put it into a nice low gear, find a find a good rhythm, and just sort of plod along, and you know, put your mind in park, and then eventually somehow you just crest the hill, and then you got to deal with going downhill. <laughs> That's true. Without fault. Have you had some major spills, Roth? Not many, but I have had a couple. Yeah, um, 
when I did my bicycle ride around Australia, I uh, managed to uh, crash. Uh, fortunately for me, it was in the wine country in Western Australia. So I ended up in the hospital for a couple of days, and they discharged me. I wasn't wasn't fit enough to get back on the bike, and they gave me all these painkillers, which I threw away because they had this lovely red wine in the wine district. Mm. So I spent, <laughs> spent three weeks uh, sampling the local reds and, you know, getting rid of the, uh, curing the myself that way. Right. Wow. So, and... So you've had this life of adventure. You start out solo. Is, the, is mm-hmm. part of your journey to make friends along the way, or do you really like the solo piece of it the most? I like both. But on the Australian uh, journey, which was the, 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 by far the longest, um, you know, there, there were lovely, empty, solitude-filled days out in the bush where I saw nobody, and I, and I quite enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. But then I would come back into, you know, I was staying in uh, Aboriginal communities. I was uh, staying at um, cattle stations and sheep stations and police outposts. And I enjoyed the company of people as well. Uh, And I made some friends on that trip that I'm still friends with today, 27 years later. Amazing. And you live in England now, huh? You live in England? I do, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're chatting with Rolf Smith. It's called 100 Bike Rides of a Lifetime, the World's Ultimate Cycling Experiences. Uh, do you recommend that people um, go on bike tours? Do you think that's a good way to, you know, sort of taste what you've experienced? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's some lovely, uh, you know, possibilities out there. Um, one of my favorite rides that's in that book, I've done it a couple of times now, and I would do it again in a heartbeat, is you just go to Passau, Germany, and you can rent a bike. There's no shortage of outfitters that'll rent you bikes and organize everything for you. And you follow the Danube 200 miles from there into Vienna, and it is absolutely gorgeous. The whole way, the whole ride is beautiful. It's virtually traffic-free the whole way. You're following this grand, you know, majestic river as it goes through through this quite idyllic European countryside. And so the river's done all the hard work about leveling the hills. So you just sort of, and you're going downstream as well. So it's ultimately you're you know, downhill all the way. And you see whole families doing this. Um, kids, you know, five, six, seven years old, you know, they take maybe four or five days to do the whole trip. Uh, and, you know, grandparents in their 70s and 80s, you know, it, it's achievable adventure. And I, I, I think it's that. one of my favorite rides. You say Passau, Germany to Vienna, Austria, and I'm seeing yes. like a little houseboat thing on a river here. Uh, yep. or, yeah, there's okay. a lot of, yeah, yep, there's, uh, you know, people live on canal boats in, in the continent as well. Oh, they do? Wow. Yes, absolutely. They live in they these They have a lot boats. of canals, as, as we do in Britain. We have a 2,000-mile canal network, and uh, I, uh, I'm exploring that now. It's so, even slower mode of transport than a bicycle. Wow. Isn't that something? So you could go to any one of these places. The book is called 100 Bike Rides of a Lifetime, published by National Geographic. And you don't have to go at the beginning, right? You can go anywhere in there and yeah. just start going, right? Just start going. Yep, just pick a pick a, I've tried to put something in there for everybody. Mountain biking, gravel biking, road biking, um, major expedition rides for people who want that and day rides for for families that you know just want to go out and be together on a bicycle the, the only the, criteria um, for inclusion was that the ride be special in some way 
Did you take these pictures off yourself? No, actually, I do a lot of cycling photography, but there are so many places uh, from all over the all over the world. Most of it was was done by uh, you know, collections of images that that were on hand already. The, the I did, images uh, are gorgeous. I do a lot of cycle shooting, but yeah. uh, most of my work has been in England. Yeah, this this it's unbelievable. The pictures are extraordinary. They're just um, amazing. And I guess that what we really want to tell people is that this particular book is about. Um, it's not about racers. It's not about having no. to get into fantastic shape beforehand, unless you want to tackle one of the really hilly ones. But there's enough no, there, are, there for there the average person. You definitely need to be in shape for. There's right. a few there. Yeah. Right. But right. and there's plenty more though that anybody anybody can do. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. When I was 17, my parents sent me on a teen tour, and I spent three weeks studying at the Lee School in Cambridge, where I did All punt. Right. Yes, I had a wonderful, I, I took some literature courses. It was fantastic. I read Doris Lessing, all these amazing authors. And then after that, we did a cycling trip throughout Graz, Austria, which um, I just had to get off of my bike at one time. And everybody else thought I was crazy and sing The Hills Are Alive. I literally got <laughs> off the bike and I had to do my twirl. And I had to sing The Hills Are Alive because there I was in Austria pretending that I was Maria from The Sound of Music. Uh, but I, but I, I remember how extraordinarily beautiful that countryside was. It is imprinted in my brain. It really is something to do these rides. It is something. Oh, it, it is. There's some, and it's a, cycling is just a wonderful way to explore. It's, you know, it's got a beautiful pace to it and this sort of immediacy with the landscape. I mean, you, you, you become a part of the landscape yourself. Yeah, you're not making and, any uh, noise. Do you um do you make sure that you are listening to the sights and sounds of the road, or do you ride your bike with some music in your ear or something like that? Never, never with music. Always, I'm listening. Mm. Uh, there's so much going on. Yeah. Why, why miss it? Um, I'm with you. Know, you. I, I, I agree. Listen, I can I listen agree. to music sitting down mm -hmm. uh, somewhere, but um, when I'm out there, I, I'm out there to experience and uh, just, and it's important know. to be alert, Roth. It's very important that too, to be alert. Absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I, you, you, you quickly learn that you know buses don't make any noise at all coming up behind you. Their mm -hmm. engines are in the back; you don't hear them. Uh, and you know, yeah, there's lots of little survival tips you quickly learn by using your ears. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much for putting together this book and sharing your own adventures with us. 100 Bike Rides of a Lifetime, the world's ultimate cycling experiences by Roth Smith is a National Geographic book. You can get it anywhere. It's beautiful. It'll make a beautiful present for anybody for Christmas or Hanukkah, whatever. It's a um, beautiful, beautiful book. Thank you so much, Roth. Thanks for well, joining thank us today. Pleasure. It was a pleasure. Bye -bye. We'll be right back with more of the Lisa Wexler Show. Stay tuned. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com. 